Depart thou unclean spirit and make room for the Holy Spirit. Receive the sign of the Holy Cross upon both thy forehead and upon thy, thy breast. Let us pray. O Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I cry unto thee for Caroline May, thy servant, who prays for the gift of thy holy baptism and desires thee the eternal grace through the spiritual regeneration. Receive her, Lord, as thou hast said, ask, and ye shall receive, knock, and it shall be open unto you. So now give the good to her that asketh, and open the door to her that knocketh, so that she may obtain the eternal blessing of this heavenly bath, and receive the promised kingdom of thy grace, through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ thy Son, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, who according to thy righteous judgment did condemn the unbelieving world through the flood, and in thy great mercy didst preserve unbelieving Noah and his family, and who didst drown hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his host in the Red Sea, and didst lead thy people, Israel through the same on dry ground, thereby prefiguring this bath of thy holy baptism, who through the baptism of thy dear child, our Lord Jesus Christ, has consecrated to set apart the Jordan all water as a solitary flood and a rich and full washing away of sin. We pray through the same, thy groundless mercy, that thou wilt graciously behold this Caroline May Cobliss and bless her with the true faith in the Spirit, so that by means of this saving flood, all of which has been born in her from Adam, and which she herself may have added thereto, may be drowned in her and engulfed, and that she may be sundered from the number of the unbelieving, preserved, dry, and secure in thy holy ark of Christendom, to serve thy name at all times, fervent in spirit, and joyful in hope, so that with all believers that she may be made worthy to obtain the eternal life, according to the promise, through Jesus Christ thy Son, our Lord, we pray. I abjure thee, thou unclean spirit, in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, that thou should come out and depart from this thy servant of Jesus Christ, Caroline May Cobliss. Amen. Let us hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. And they brought young children unto him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and saith unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I saith unto thee, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The Lord preserve thy coming in and going out from this time forward and forevermore. Caroline May, dost thou renounce the devil and all his works yes. and all his ways? Yes. Dost thou believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes. Dost thou believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born and suffered? Yes. Dost thou believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and after death and eternal life? Yes. yes. Dost thou desire to be baptized? Yes. yes. Wait a second, not yet. Caroline May, I, I seal thee with the oil of salutary, of salvation, to seal you against the devil in all his works, in all his ways. Amen. Caroline May, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, I baptize thee in the name of the Son, and I baptize thee in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, wipe her forehead. Caroline May, I seal thee with the holy oil unto the salvation of all flesh in the Holy Spirit of Christ that Christ sends unto us. Amen. Receive... Receive now this burning torch so that when the bridegroom comes that you may, your lamps might, may be lit to come into the kingdom, into the wedding feast, the lamb. Receive now this, this holy garment that is given to your daughter that she might wear it at the wedding feast of the lamb. And finally, receive this image of the guardian angels for Christ has given his angels charge now of Caroline May to watch over her in all her ways and protect her from this period forth forevermore you may depart in peace the Lord be with you okay go
As long as God is true, it stands. What saints have penned by inspiration, what in his word our God commands, our faith is what our God has done, depends on grace and through his Son. By grace so timid hearts that tremble, tried by grace in spite of fear and trouble not my anger sure by grace on this Jesus promise I rejoice through I know my heart's condition In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in this stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
The cords of Sha'ol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. From his temple, he heard my voice. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring it down. For I will sing to you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The cords of Sha'ol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God on high. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou only art holy, thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. 
O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequences of our sins may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament lesson for this, the Septuagesima, Septuagesima Sunday, the first Sunday of pre-Lent, is written in the 17th chapter of the second book of Moses, commonly called the Exodus, beginning at the, 17th, at the first verse. All the congregation of the sons of Israel moved up from the wilderness of Zin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at the Raphadim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses, Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take it in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. And behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come from it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of that place Massah and Merabah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name put their trust in thee, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek thee. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. The epistle lesson is written in the ninth chapter of St. Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, beginning at the 24th verse. Do you not know that in a race the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one boxing the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
All ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was displeased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Out of the depths I have cried to thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attended to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. is written in the 20th chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The kingdom of heaven is like a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour. He did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said unto them, Why do you stand idle here all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and pay their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the householder, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the, of the day in the scorching heat." But he replied to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last as I have given to you. Am I not allowed to do with what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus crying, who will go and work today? Fields are white and harvest waiting, who will bear the sheaves away? Say, here am I, send me, send me. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can say he died for all. If you cannot rouse the wicked with the judgment's dread alarms, you can be like faithful Aaron, holding up the prophet's arms. Watchmen standing high on Zion's wall, pointing out the path to heaven, offering life and peace to all. With your prayers and with your bounties, what God demands, you can be like faithful Aaron holding up the prophet's hands. You are 
gladly saying, There is nothing I can do. While the multitudes are dying, and the Master calls for you. Take the task He gives you gladly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, if a woman dreams she's in church listening to a preacher, she's going to marry one. The same is true if she dreams of white linen. If you dream of a church, it means that your enemies are about or your habits need changing. If a knife or a dish rag falls to the floor, the preacher is coming for a visit. If you open the Bible after you've made a wish and you find your finger over the words and it came to pass, your wish will come true. It's bad luck to place anything on top of the Bible or to lose a Bible. If you see a rainbow, say the Lord's Prayer and you'll have good luck. A shooting star in the sky means somebody died. If it goes to the right, they went to heaven. If it goes to the left, they went to hell. Don't do anything important on August 1st. That's the day they kick the devil out of heaven, and he messes up everybody's plans on that day. Someone burns the food while they're cooking dinner. They're feeding the devil. A sudden silence in a room of people talking means that an angel is passing through it. If a baby smiles while they are asleep, the angels are talking to it. And finally, God always gives us what we think we deserve. And what do all those statements have in common? They're all superstitions. That's what they are. And they're false. That's what they are. I mean, we read in today's gospel lesson, right, the, the, the landowner, and he goes and hires all these workers for the vineyard. And then when it comes time to pay everybody off, the guys that were hired first, the only one that actually have a labor contract, they're angry because everybody's getting the same wage. And they supposed, because they had worked all day, that they were going to get more, Right? I mean, because they had worked 12 hours, and the guys that worked one hour got a denarius, so the guys that worked 12 hours figured, well, we're going to get, you know, 11 more denarii. And they didn't, and they're angry. And when we read in Matthew 20, verse 12, that these last men who have worked only one hour, you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and heat of the day, well, we kind of agree with them, don't we? I do. It's, 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 it's frustrating. I mean, don't we naturally inju- I mean, identify with the injustice of this, of, of, of this managerial decision? I mean, whatever happened to seniority or wage scales? Rewards for hard work and commitment. Yet are we correct? And do these angry workers merit dismissal? Well... The answer to the first question is no. 
And to the second question, yes. Because you see, neither we nor these first hired should be offended at the landowner's generosity towards those who don't deserve it. Because that's really the problem, isn't it? Because as maybe you've guessed, the vineyard owner is none other than God himself. The vineyard is the kingdom of heaven, and we're the laborers. That's right. And the denarius is salvation. Thus, because we and the first hired workers react to the owner's decision to pay everyone the same wage with sort of astonished astonishment, aren't we really identifying with jealousy? Because isn't that really the emotion that goes through us when we think somebody at work or somebody at church or somebody in our neighborhood or somebody in our family or somebody around us in the world gets advantages that we think we too are entitled to? There's a word for that, by the way, biblical word, a more more accurate word biblically for that, that emotion that courses through each one of us, myself included, right? It's called covetousness. That's what it's called. Covetousness. You know what covetousness is? It means to earnestly desire that which belongs to others. In Luther's small catechism, it's the last two commandments, because we Lutherans obviously believe in art with the Seventh Ecumenical Council, so we we grave we have graven images, so we don't have that one in our in our in our ten. So but the last two commandments are all about coveting, right? Coveting. The sin of the mind. You see, in Exodus 20, verse 17, God says through Moses, and also in Deuteronomy 5, 21, he says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, nor covet thy neighbor's wife, or covet thy neighbor's manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is thy neighbor's. King James. And these were... And these words mean, according to Martin Luther, that we should fear and love God, that we may not estrange, force, or entice away from our neighbor his wife, or his cattle, his servants, or anything that belongs to our neighbor. And we certainly shouldn't try to manipulate our neighbor out of his house, or his inheritance. But we should be of help and service to our neighbor in keeping it and encourage our neighbor's spouse and his servants and cattle to stay and do their duty. So, so how are we doing with that? Pretty good, right? I mean, t- at least today we haven't t- enticed away anybody's spouse, right? Not, not this morning yet. And we certainly haven't uh, defrauded anybody out of their property this morning. So we're doing pretty good. We should all just give ourselves a nice star and a big pat on the back because we're doing so good at it, aren't we? But the problem is, with God, he just makes it so difficult to give ourselves that pat on the back because Jesus says in Matthew 25, 28, that, that even if we look upon a woman to lust after her, we've already committed adultery with her in our heart. That if we're angry with our brother, we're already his murderer. And, and that, that applies to all sins, by the way. If you desire someone's stuff, you've already stolen it. As far as God is concerned, So the thought is equal to God in God's eyes to the action itself. So under that criteria, how are we doing this morning? 
not so well. Not so well. And we need to understand what, we need to understand what these jealous vineyard workers did not understand. We need to understand this. We need to get this down hard. And that is this, that the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this one decree. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, Romans 13, verse 8. Love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, as God tells us in Leviticus 19, verse 18, we are not to seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone, but to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I am the Lord. Now, were the vineyard workers doing this, the ones that were offended, when they became angry with the landowner because he was paying people that didn't work 12 hours the same thing that the people that worked 12 hours got paid? Well, the answer, obviously, is no. They, they, they weren't doing this. That their, their grievance is born of their jealous covetousness. Right? And what were they really doing by coveting? You see, what, what covetous does, covetousness does, it destroys the gospel. It destroys it. It denies God's grace. And it turns Christianity from a religion of salvation by grace through faith based on the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whom this piece of artwork represents, into a religion of salvation through your own works, which can never work. It turns the miracle of Christ's life and death and resurrection into a nightmare of trying to be good enough to be acceptable to God. And I say nightmare because you can never do it. You can never be good enough. If you apply honestly the criteria of God's law to your life, you will come away in despair. And that's what covetousness, when it's applied to the things of God, does. Because consider, are the first hires any different in essence from the guys who worked an hour? And the answer is no, they weren't. They weren't, they weren't any different. None of them were looking for a job that day, or finding a job. Let's say finding a job might be more accurate. They all, when the, when the landowner, he was the one that left his vineyard. He was the one looking for people to hire. He was the one that took the initiative and went out and found and hired every one of those people that were in his vineyard that got paid off at dusk. He was the one that did it. They didn't do it. None of them were. All of them were brought into the vineyard and given a job by the grace and mercy and loving kindness of the landowner looking out for their needs, not his own. They're all identical. It's just some worked all day and some didn't. In fact, as I said earlier, the only ones that were contracted to a wage were the ones that were hired first, before the first hour began. They were, they were contracted for denarius a day, which was actually standard labor skill in first century Palestine. So we're fine there, right? And everybody else was guaranteed nothing. All the, all the landowner said is, go in and whatever is right, I will give you. In fact, the guys that were hired the last hour, they weren't even promised anything. They are promised literally nothing. They just said, you go in also. That's all, all the landowner said to them. You just go in also. 
Therefore, why are these men so jealous and so angry? Why do they have grievance? And you see, this jealous reaction, whether it's in these people here or, 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 or whether it's in our own life, because I know we all react this way sometimes, don't we? Be honest. Come on. We don't have to lie to each other here. This, this, this feeling of grievance that goes on in, in their hearts and our hearts, what does it do? Well, I think it reveals a very important bit of information that we need to take, take stock of, which is that maybe we don't know God and his word as well as we think we do. You see, throughout scripture, because God's ways and his thoughts aren't like our ways and aren't like our thoughts, he gives his rewards often by surprise. God is the God of great surprises. And that's true also sometimes tragically for his judgments as well. You see, in Matthew 7, he talks about people whom, whom God will welcome into his kingdom. And, and they said, and, you know, they said, well, and he, and he says to them, because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you cared for me. And and they said, well, when did we do that to you? And he said, because when you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Jesus also says in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not done great wonders in your name? Have we not driven out demons in your name? And I will say unto them, depart from me, you who do not practice the Torah, you practices of lawlessness. Why are these people lawless? Why are they without the Torah? Because in Deuteronomy 6, 5 tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And then we are also, in Leviticus 19:18, as I already said, to love our neighbor as ourselves. On these two commandments, Jesus says in Matthew 22:40, hangs all the law and all the prophets. When God talks about the law and the prophets, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the entire Bible. The entire Bible. Right? The Bible, that book that sits on our, uh, uh, you know, in our living rooms that's sort of a dust collector often, right? That book. The book we don't read enough. That book. The Bible, the whole point of the Bible is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Clearly, the men in the vineyard weren't doing that that day, were they? When they became jealous of somebody being paid the same wages themselves. Which is why these first hired laborers are paid off and evicted from the vineyard. They're paid off and evicted because they neither love God, nor do they love their neighbor. And that's why we are told... That's not, we're told, that's why they are told to take what is yours and what is theirs, their sin. Because the only thing we have really that God hasn't given us is our sin. If you really want God to give you what you deserve, 
then the only thing you'll receive is hell because that's the only thing you and I have earned without God's intervention in our life. I just want to be really honest with you about that. It's true. Don't believe the myth. Don't believe the lies. And so they're told to take what, they, what is theirs and go. He's literally re- relinquishing them to, to condemnation. Because he's given them everything he can give them. What more can he give us than eternal life? As I said at the beginning of my homily, what more? Everyone, everyone is saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. There is no more God can give us than everything. So why are we jealous of each other? You see, salvation is according to Jesus Christ and his criteria. It is not up to human religious systems to determine what those are. Jesus is the one who establishes the criteria through his word. That's why Jesus says, as the landowner, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what I own? And the answer, of course, it is. And that's why, that's why we know that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes upon him should not perish. Whoever believes upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that is something that tragically is lost on these first hired in the vineyard that day. It's completely lost on them. No, he comes and he gives us what he says is right. What he says is right. And that is salvation by grace through faith from his love. He lovingly sought out the workers of the vineyard as he lovingly seeks us out through his word and his sacraments. And he lovingly saves us by his grace and he lovingly nourishes us with his sacraments. And at the end of the day, which is the end of this life in this world, he gives us the denarius of everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why are you on the ground?
wanted to um, just uh, direct you to the Blue News just briefly. Um, Pastor Lehman, again, is still up at Fort Wayne, uh, and so is the deaconess studying. So um, if you have any pastoral uh, needs, just uh, I direct you to myself. Also, Monday through uh, Friday, I am doing a Bible study on Zoom, and the information on how to get into that is in the Blue News. If you're interested in jump, jumping in and joining us, you're welcome to, be, to come for it. Uh, every day, every Monday, Monday through Friday from... Um, 10, 10 o'clock to 1130. Um, you're welcome to join, join me in that. Also, we have a women's Bible study coming up the 13th. And um, also, uh, I believe on Saturday is swaddling clothes. Is that right, uh, Anna? Okay, so Saturday at eight, around 830 is, or 9 o'clock is when it starts, is it 9 o'clock? But 830, usually the workers arrive uh, and, and sometimes do, do work during the week. So if you're interested in helping swaddling clothes on, on Saturday, um, we'll be having swaddling clothes. So you're certainly welcome for that as well. Um, I have one prayer request this morning, and it, that's for Fred Sattler. That Fred Sattler is the father of my youngest brother's wife. And uh, he died a couple days ago, and so we pray for the Sattler family as they mourn. Um, and... Um, and also, uh, just, just to reiterate, reiterate to you who are uh, members of, the, of uh, the Missouri Synod or who are uh, members of this parish, when you come to communion, because we're doing, these, doing this COVID protocol, and you receive in your hand, just kind of put your hand out like that so I don't, you know, if you do like this or something, it makes it very hard to give you the host. So um, just wanted to reiterate that as well. The Lord be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom. Let us pray to the Lord for this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation and all our people, our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, 
Especially we pray this day for Bob and Marga, for Eddie and Norma, Kim and Ray, Suzette and Sandra and Bill, for Barbara and Paul, for Chris and Gail, Therese and Marion, for Clayton and Meredith, James and George, Larry and Earl and Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, for Jennings and Hank, Sandy and Megan, for Isaac, Haley, Stella and Marilyn, for, for Shirley, Patty and Cecil, Michelle and Carl, Karen and Jimmy, for Tina and Ainsley, for Richard and Kevin, Colleen and Ron and Mary Ellen, for Brian and Natalie, Thelma and Jesse, for Ralph and Theo, Easton and Janice, for Doug and Fallon, Colby and Jamie, for Audra and Francis. We also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially for the Overy family, the Parsons family, the Neelan family, the Niece and Barbie families, and the Tryon family. We pray also for uh, those in service to our country's armed forces, especially Paul Turner, Paul Hayden, and Mike. And we pray for all of our university students, including Stanley and Colleen, Griffin and Noah, Harrison and John, Katie and Dylan, Audrey and Dylan, Rosalind and Sarah, Olivia, Jason, Jacob, Minnie, Emma, and Carly. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially this day for those who mourn the death of Fred Sattler. Have compassion, O Lord, upon all those who mourn and upon all who are lonely and desolate because of the death of Fred Sattler. Be thou their comforter and friend and give unto them such earthly solace as thou seekest to be best for them and bring them to a fuller knowledge of thy love through the mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Lord, Thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And we pray especially this day also for uh, Caroline May uh, Koblis. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the birth of Caroline May Koblis. We also thank you, Heavenly Father, that this day we've had the privilege of witnessing her rebirth through holy baptism into thee. We, we thank you that all the old has passed away and everything in her has become new. And we pray that you will keep her safe in the womb of thy holy church and that you would guard her from all evil, that her life would be both a blessing to others and, and, a, and also 